I'm Mike Vardy. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepassword.com slash ProductiveConvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. I want to broadcast this episode today in a way that'll make you happy. 
And I think I found a way to do that, thanks to Michelle Gielen joining me on the show. She is the author of Broadcasting Happiness, and she's put together some great work in the book, as well as with her husband, Sean Acor, who's written The Happiness Advantage, and they've got a, a new video series that's appearing on PBS called Inspire Happiness. I had an absolute blast talking with Michelle this week about the ideas of happiness, you know, the ideas of trigger words, and even why maybe checking email first thing in the morning isn't the greatest idea in the world, and a whole bunch of other really cool things. Uh, positive brain fuels, all that behavioral matters, how you can really change somebody. You can actually change somebody. And there's so much that we get into. And I just had a great time chatting with her. So let's just get into it. I'm, it's time to broadcast some happiness. And here's Michelle Gielen to help me do that on the Productivityist podcast. Enjoy. I'm feeling happy today. I want to broadcast that, not just to, uh, you know, the, the, my, my general immediate area in my household, which is where I'm recording this from, but also to you, my podcast listeners. Uh, and I've got someone to help me do that today. Michelle Gielen, the author of Broadcasting Happiness. Thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here with you. So, Michelle, why don't, for those people who don't know you, and I don't, and this is the thing, is that I, I knew of you before we actually had a chance to sit down and chat, but I don't want to go into how I knew of you. I'd rather have you describe <laughs> how you're known, because it's like that whole, like, I know, you know, I know your husband. And that's not what we want to do here, because you've got a lot of great stuff here that, that and we've I want to talk about the PBS special today, all that kind of stuff that you've got going on. So why don't we dive in and just share with, with my audience a little bit about you so that they can warm up to you before we dive deep into conversation and start broadcasting happiness all over the place. That sounds good. Well, if anyone is a night owl, they might have seen me on CBS News. I worked overnights and very in the very early morning hours. I was anchoring two national news programs there. So that might be one way. Um, I'm also married to a happiness researcher. I am a happiness researcher myself. And um, my husband has a very, very funny TED Talk. If you laughed for 12 <laughs> minutes watching a TED Talk, uh, that was him, The Happy Secret to Better Work with Sean Acor. Um, so yeah. So, and now, um, so I was originally a CBS news anchor, but I got tired of telling negative news stories. More importantly though, what I wanted to understand was how can we talk about the negative in a different way, in a way that doesn't leave us feeling depressed, hopeless, helpless, but actually leaves us feeling empowered and resilient. And I'm not just talking about how we talk about negative events on the news. I'm, I mean, I'm mostly now my work focuses on how we talk about it at our in in our businesses with our business teams around the dinner table and what we're finding is incredible and it's it, when we can shift our conversations and when we can shift our focus there is an incredibly positive ripple effect on business outcomes educational outcomes and uh, and making those small shifts is actually very easy one of the things that that again being an anchor uh, in the news uh you know it we have so much of that that's coming at us every single day, um, and most of it is not fun stuff that we we see first and foremost. How one of the things you did when you were anchoring CBS is you you created a happy week, uh, which again, and we talked about this before we start recording, has it's the only time there was a happy week, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> the only happy week in human recorded history. <laughs> Can you share a little bit about what happened, what, what the idea behind that was, and then what the results were? Because I think that there's some real, I mean, again, it just, it just goes to show that there's some real um, power behind just putting some positivity out there. 
Yeah. So this was at the height of the recession. I had just recently started my position there at CBS. And what I noticed was we were we were broadcasting problem, 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 problem. And there was little talk about solutions. And so we decided to have this novel approach to the news. And we talked about for every problem, what you could actually do about it. For a week, we dedicated our, our interviews to uh, bringing in positive psychology experts to focus on how to foster greater levels of happiness in the midst of the recession, in the midst of these great challenges, as opposed to waiting helplessly until it all resolved itself. Um, and what was incredible was not only did we get the greatest viewer response of the year, but we got these amazing emails from people about how they their lives had been transformed. This, this one story, this is my absolute favorite. This guy writes in from Oklahoma and he says, uh, my home is facing foreclosure. I heard through the, the town grapevine that my brother's home was facing foreclosure as well. The guys had about 20 years prior gotten a big fight over money and they stopped talking, right? But they would still hear about each other's news through the town. And, uh, and he said, so one night I was, I turned on the news and I saw one of these segments about rethinking financial stresses. And he, you know what he ended up doing? Mm. He decided to reach out to his brother. They pooled their resources, saved one of the homes and moved in together. Wow. Yeah. I love that story because it shows us that sometimes with the right information and the smallest mindset shift, you can create positive action and this new reality. And so that's what I became, uh, you know, very interested in is what, when we transform our mindset, when we get it to positive and empowered and resilient, what could potentially happen? Now, when it comes to the news, I've done a significant amount of research on it, the influence of the news on the brain. And what we found is that, so this is a study I did with Sean Acor and Ariana Huffington. And we found that just three minutes of negative news in the morning can lead to a 27% higher likelihood of you reporting a bad day, right? Having a bad day, but this is as reported six to eight hours later. So what that means is that negative mood and mindset you adopt in the morning sticks with you through your time with your family, through your time at work. And, you know, instead of taking a, a vitamin in the morning, getting that shot of negativity can have those lasting effects. Um, but, you know, just like we saw at CBS News, when we changed our story, when we started broadcasting something different and therefore getting viewers to focus their minds on different equally true facts in our reality, we saw the positive ripple effect. Um, in a subsequent study we did in this series, we found that if you expose people not merely to a discussion of problems, but also talk about solutions, potential or actual things that they can do, their creative problem-solving abilities on subsequent unrelated tasks, right? So this is the things that they do at work later on in the day, increase by 20%. So just by getting people to focus on the potential of what they can do about situations, you make them smarter, their cognitive thinking better, and you ultimately better prepare them for a, a, a good day. So this actually lends in really nicely to the kind of stuff that that we, we talk about here on the show, such as um, what people should do when they start off their day. I mean, you mentioned being a night owl. I'm a night owl. So that's, that's where I got my, you know, I, <laughs> I, I you're, yeah. Um, and we actually just had, again, and I love getting science based research, uh, guests on the show because, uh, Dr. Michael Bruce, who was on a, a episode of the show earlier on, uh, he wrote the book called The Power of When, where he studied chronotype. And he's now just, you know, again, most people think early bird night owl. He's divided up into four different chronotypes, the lion, 
lion, the bear, the wolf, and the dolphin. It's a fascinating bit of uh, work that he's been doing. And what I love is that when you when you when you have that science based research, it's it's very difficult, although people do try to do it to to you know dissuade people from that or for or to ignore it. One of the things that that you mentioned was checking news first thing in the morning, right? What about checking email first thing? I and mean, what about not doing their thing first? Have you done any kind of uh, research or any kind of um, you know, studies based on, hey, when you do something that's really important to you first thing in the morning, how that alters your entire day and how, how much, you know, you're going to exude positivity throughout the day? Or is it just, you know, is it, uh, is it something that you haven't really dove into too much yet? Well, we've looked at transforming, for instance, uh, your relationship to email. So you mentioned checking your email first thing in the morning. This is something so common because especially nowadays, Mm -hmm. we don't have alarm clocks anymore, right? Our alarm clocks are our phones. So your phone goes off and then you go, you know, like me, I sometimes have checked my email. But what I now realize is that uh, the it, depending obviously on the content of the yeah. email inbox each day, right? Which is which but, is a mystery. Like I mean, again, yeah, it's like you know, I call I call it Christmas. <laughs> it could be good, it could be bad. You don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> yes, and unfortunately, even if you have one good and one bad, the bad always seems so much more powerful because our brain has that negativity bias, yeah. right? Um, so some research has found that you need three good things for every one negative thing in order to be balanced out in your relationships. Your partner and you need to have five good things being said or, you know, looks being exchanged for every one negative one. So I hope you have a lot of nice people writing nice stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So instead of checking our email, you know, I, I give talks at companies all the time. And one of the strategies that we talk about is this idea of emailing positivity and doing it first thing in the morning. So literally, if you want to pick up a positive habit that I think will change your day, uh, You can do this, I mean, starting right now, but if not, starting tomorrow morning. Before you check your email, so you open up your email, but before you look at the messages there, open up a new message and, you know, hit compose. And then send just a two-minute email to the one person in your social support network. So this is a friend, a family member, a colleague, praising or thanking them. It's literally that simple. And then hit send. It will change how you process your day and your inbox at two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, The reason we, you know, so Sean and I both recommend this. And and the reason why we've been very specific about it is just two minutes. You don't want to write a 30-minute gratitude letter that was so beautiful. And then the next day you're exhausted and there's no way you can do it. You're trying to do this one each day to someone new and different. Um, And then the other reason is this is based upon a research study that I think is a game changer. Uh, Researchers worked with people who were suffering from neuromuscular disorders. So they were in chronic pain, basically. And all they had them do differently was each day, think about the past 24 hours and find the one most meaningful moment that they experienced. And then they had them journal about it each day just for two minutes, right? Mm -hmm. Literally, that's it. The people that kept up this habit for a period of six months, at the end of that six-month period, doctors were able to drop their pain medication in half. Oh. Yeah. So 
it shows us the power of our mindset when we can consciously get our mindset to focus on the positive, on the meaning embedded in the work that we're doing, the things we're grateful for. All of a sudden, our brain starts to see the rest of the world differently. And what I love about emailing positivity is you're not just having a positive effect on yourself. You're actually doing it on other people. Your brain says, wow, like after day three, look how many people love, support, and care about me. You do this for 21 days, which is how long we recommend. I mean, your brain is on fire, right? Wow, look at all these people. This is amazing. But also you're touching other people's lives, meaningfully activating them. And and then sometimes you get nice notes in return, but that's not why we do it. <laughs> the one email that drives me nuts and the more I actually talk to a lot of people about this is the Happy Monday email. It's interesting. So when can when can that kind of thing? I wouldn't say. I mean, what you guys are obviously recommending is 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 more in depth and conscientious and intentional. But the ones that are kind of like the Happy Monday, have a great day kind of thing. Um, when when can that when can that? I wouldn't say backfiring is not the right term. But what kind of when when you get annoyed by those? Why do you think that is? Like, I mean, I know I'm being very subjective here, but when, when I have a lot of <laughs> clients that I deal with and they're like, man, you know, Gladys always sends these emails for, you know, every Monday morning, it just drives me nuts because it's happy Monday. It's, is it because they're not happy that it is Monday? Like what, what are the, when can this kind of thing go awry? Is it, is it, you know, let's, let's, can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, there's a couple keys to this because, you know, I'm, I'm going around, oh, my book's broadcasting happiness. You got to broadcast happiness to everyone, right? Mm -hmm. So no, no, we want to definitely we want to be authentic uh, to ourselves and our levels of positive expressivity. Like, think about it. Someone probably praised you over the course of your life, right? Where mm -hmm. they didn't go, they didn't have pom poms and were like, yeah, you're amazing. What they they might have said, like, I remember, for instance, my physics teacher, my senior year in high school. He was just like, you did a really good job on this project. Like super straight face, serious tone, right? But he gave me this compliment. And it's literally been one of the biggest boosters of my, you know, of my confidence. And and it, it really stuck with me. So it shows us that sometimes we can say the, you know, something that is deeply meaningful and impacts the person that's receiving this praise, but we say it in a way that's uh, socially appropriate and authentic to who we are. Um, and also, you know, speaking of the happy Monday, we don't want to get into a robotic format where it's almost like instead of just having a signature at the end of your email, you can also include, you know, happy Monday at the beginning and write the <laughs> message in between. Um, we, you know, we, we want to, uh, either vary it or recognize that if the, you have a good relationship with somebody, you don't necessarily always have to use those. But here's the thing. Often the t oftentimes the issue is more over uh, that people don't put that stuff. And then what happens with email? I mean, email is the equivalent of brain damage, all of the content, but mm. none of the context, right? So, I mean, we've all received an email from somewhere like, well, that person's a jerk or that person hates me or thinks I'm incompetent. And it was none of the, none of the sort. It's just that we might not get enough face-to-face -face time with the person. We don't have a strong enough relationship in our minds with them or whatever that sometimes we can misread the content. So starting off with something positive is a great move, but we have to uh, make sure that we're doing it in the right way that, you know, that, that makes the other person feel as if it's not just some rote activity. What I love about the, the, the comment that your physics teacher gave you is it, is it was associated with the work you did and not mm -hmm. the person you are. 
mm-hmm. taking a, a parenting class right now with my wife. Again, it's quite funny. We Again, I, I talked about this in one of my bonus episodes for my Patreon supporters where there's a stigma attached to that. Oh, why are you taking a parent? Is everything okay? And I'm like, no, we just want to be better parents. That's all it boils down to. Um, Love but it. one of the things that they, that the, the, the and, and this is a doctor, um, she says is that it's important that when you exude either positivity or negativity, that you don't attach. Attach it to a label like you're a bad person or you're don't be bad. And, you know, I I love the idea of associating those positive, you know, um, broadcasts. Let's use that uh, with with the actions that you've taken as opposed to the person that you are. How important is it for that to happen when you are, you know, basically working towards changing how you approach things and, and as you said, changing behaviors? as well as how you deal with negativity coming your way. Yes, this is so central because when we focus on behavior as opposed to what someone is, which is more of a steady state, we are focusing their brain on the fact that they have a choice, right? We have a choice how hard we study for a math test or how hard we work on a science project. We might have less, feel like we have less of a choice about steady state things. Um, we, so we've done some research where we've tried to identify the three greatest predictors of long-term levels of success. And we've looked at this primarily in the work domain, although this is built on research that was done in the academic world with, uh, with students. Um, and what we found is that the three greatest predictors of long-term success at work, surprisingly or not, how much you know or the jobs you've had before, it's three mindset measures. Uh, your levels of optimism, which is basically the belief that your behavior matters, and it's the expectation of good things to happen, especially in the face of challenge. The second one is your relationship with stress. We call it positive engagement. But basically, do you look at stress as a challenge or as a threat? Because your brain responds completely differently depending on that. And if it looks at it as a challenge, your brain is flooded with dopamine, all your neurochemicals are working in your favor, and all the learning centers in your brain are turned on to its highest potential, as opposed to, you know, when you're in a threat mode, you're stressed out, and you're just not functioning at your top level that you can. Um, and the last one is support provision. Instead of asking, how am I, how much am I supported by my colleagues or my company, for instance, in the work domain, instead, it, we look at how supportive are you of the people around you? And what we find is that people in that last quartile, uh, the top quartile of that last measure, people are the top 25% most supportive at their organizations. They are actually 40% more likely to receive a promotion over the next year than the people in the lowest quartile. Taken together, these three things, optimism, positive engagement, and support provision, account for 75% of long-term job successes. They're predictors of it. Um, and so what it, what's happening, you know, going back to the parenting class, is every time that we as parents remind our children the moments in which their behavior matters, we're building their levels of optimism. And, you know, and so we're building one of those key long-term predictors of success. And it's literally, it's one of the best things we could possibly do for our children because when they stumble and fall, they know, hey, I can pick myself back up. I can work hard again. And ultimately I can be successful. And this just doesn't apply to children either. I mean, one of the things that you, you've talked about and one of the things we want to focus on here a little bit is that putting small changes in place, you know, not just in the way we communicate, but the way we and communicate. I'm not just talking about using words, but body language, 
how we appear can really, you know, impact other people and change people. One of the things that one of the great, you know, myths that you, you mentioned is that, you you know, you can't change other people, but you can. I mean, it doesn't just have to be children. What are some of the small things that you can do to kind of, you know, promote change that we haven't already maybe touched on, uh, not just in the workplace, but just with people you're interacting with on a daily basis? Yeah, so we are changing people all the time. I I ask at the presentations I give, you know, how many of you have ever had someone say to you, you can't change other people and uh, everyone's hands up. And it's something that I think we've bought into as a society, but it blinds us to the fact that we are not powerless. We actually are changing people all the time. You send three people into a room and ask them to sit there for just two minutes quietly, right? Not speaking to each other, which is totally awkward. Um, <laughs> but you, t- you test their mood before and after. And what we find is that the person who was the most non-verbally expressive actually influences the mood of the other two people sitting in the room significantly. So what that means is if someone's, you know, sitting there with their arms crossed or frowning or whatnot, they actually make the other people feel more negative. Meanwhile, if they're they're relaxed and casual and maybe smiling, they positively influence the other people. In the business setting, we've seen if you're an optimistic sales professional, you'll outsell your pessimistic counterparts by 37%. This was a study done at the University of Pennsylvania at MetLife. So that's because you are constantly showing up and broadcasting this optimistic can-do mindset to the people that you're talking to. Managers who come in and just simply, I love this study, this manager just simply got his team to start focusing on all that they were doing right already, right? So this is by praising one new person each day with one specific piece of praise within earshot of other people. He actually increase the entire team's level of productivity by 31%. Significant. So we are changing people all the time. We just have to figure out the best ways how, and that's at the core of our research. And so one of the best ways I always advocate is this idea of the power lead. It's uh, by starting off conversations, by, by saying something positive and meaningful. When I was at CBS, people would say, how are you? I'm like, I'm working overnights, right? How do you think I am? And by the way, my Achilles heel, if you want to just torture me, don't let me sleep. Like, or wake me up 20 times in the middle of the night. So that's my, I'm just, I don't function as a normal human being if I don't get my eight hours. So you're, you're, I hope you had a a children. How many kids do you have now, by the way? You have one two-year-old boy. Okay, so has he been? He gave us a run for a little while. (laughs) I was going to say, the second ones generally are different. So like my daughter would be up and down all night my son like a rock now my daughter as she gets to preteen ages she's like you know it's when she's in bed she could sleep all day my son though doesn't matter what <laughs> thanksgiving weekends come up as we're recording this um you know uh, for for you guys up here we just get a four-day weekend because of <laughs> um but uh, at least i do uh but he'll my son will be up at like seven in the morning no matter what day it is so yeah anyway it did me to digress but just so you know it, 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 the next go round could is better it should be better oh, good thank you <laughs> <laughs> it's music to my ears. Um, yeah, so I paid my dues on the sleep front before I even had Leo um, because at CBS, you know, I work nine to five, but it's actually the wrong nine to five. Mm. Um, so anyway, people would ask me, how are you? Oh, I'm exhausted. Oh, I'm so tired. Oh, it was a broken record. And so I decided to change my power lead, my lead of the conversation. And what we saw, and first of all, for me personally, it just made a huge difference. It got my brain focused in a better place. And it changed my conversations with other people. Now, from a research perspective, if I know the first few words of a conversation, 
I have a high degree of likelihood of predicting the outcome of that conversation. So when people ask you, hi, how are you? You know, we can say something simple and meaningful like, oh, I'm doing great. I had breakfast with my son this morning and he was being so cute, right? That simple change as opposed to complaining or uh, my favorite... (laughs) My favorite bad example was like, you know, I, we've done some work with Google and I, I love those guys. And so how are you doing? Oh, I'm busy. How are you doing? I'm busy. They sit down in the meeting. I'm busy. They're on the phone call. I'm their email. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm like, guys, I know you're busy. It takes a lot to do those searches, but come on, let's talk about something else. But it changes how people respond. When you start with I'm busy, there's two uh, options. It's either compassion oh, I'm so sorry, you know, that you're so busy or it's misery poker. Oh, you think you're busy? Let me tell you about my, my 20 <laughs> projects I'm working on. <laughs> um, the, I actually throw around a lot where people say I'm busy. I'm like, busy is like the F word. The more often you use it, the less power it has. Oh, I love it. Because it's true. And, and that's one. I mean, let's talk about words for a second here because words, I, words are such huge triggers for me. Right. Um, yeah. and I mean, that's why, like when I, when I'm looking at like, you know, I want to talk about to-do lists a little bit later, uh, for, for my Patreon supporters here, but let's talk about what words can do. I, I love using words as my themes for my day. So I theme my days. And, and my longtime listeners know this. So that way, when I get pulled off track, I'm not going, okay, what's next? It's like, well, what day is it? Oh, it's this day. Okay, this day means that this is the type of work I should be focusing on, which pulls me back in. How important are words, at, you know, in terms of, you know, it, helping people get back onto that positive track? Words are huge. So listen to this set of words. What does this make you think of? Bingo, wrinkle, Florida, orange, gray. Uh, old people in Florida. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Ca- Canadian no, snowbirds. I'm- Canadian snowbirds. That's what it makes me think about. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So you are completely, you know, you got it right away. 20-year-old college students did not get it. They split, researchers split them into two groups and they had one group play around with uh, those words and did do word games for five minutes. The other group, they had them just play around with neutral words like dog, cat, house, right? And then they said, okay, one by one, we want you to walk down this hallway and go to this other room where part two of the experiment is going to continue. Except part two of the experiment experiment was actually in the hallway. These students were being videotaped because researchers love deception, you know. And what happened was the students that played around with these subtle primes of age actually walked slightly slower and more hunched over than the students who played around with neutral words. So words make a huge difference. There's a great study out of Stanford that found that if you are delivering instructions to your business team and uh, you you insert the word together into the instructions, right? So you get this mental concept of, hey, we're going to be working on this together. That simple word change made people in these business teams work 48% longer. They felt higher levels of energy after all was said and done. And the quality of their work was better. And that was just that simple one word that made a huge difference. So the more we talk about uh, you know, we talk to other people using words that uh, get them to have a mental concept of, uh, you know, of peace, of happiness, of togetherness, of social connection, things like that, the more we're actually going to breed that kind of outcome. Michelle, this has been fantastic. I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. Let's talk before we wrap up a little bit about the PBS special that you're doing. 
of Inspire yeah. Happiness. Uh, people can start to view it now, uh, and 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 it'll cycle regularly. I would imagine throughout the uh, over the next uh, next little while. Can you just share a little bit of that with my audience? Absolutely. So originally, a lot of our research looked at how you can prime your brain to be happier. But ultimately, we were always asked, this is my husband and I, Sean, we were always asked, well, okay, I love this research. Now, how do I help my kid or my spouse or my colleague feel as if their behavior matters, that they can do better in school, that they're, you know, they're they can transfer to a new job if they're unhappy. How do I get them to see their potential? And um, and so Inspire Happiness, which is airing on PBS stations nationwide, is uh, looking at exactly that. How do you get others to feel happier, more confident, and empowered? Ultimately, that makes it easier for you to be happier as well. So we provide five actionable strategies and some of the research. Um, and then we also are offering a wake up and inspire happiness video workshop, which is something free that we'd love to, uh, to offer to your listeners. And the idea behind that was, you know, we understand starting your day with the negative news and the negative effects. We want to pepper your inbox for three days with videos that will give you some research and strategies, things that'll help you experiment with this happiness research in easy ways. And that will hopefully start off your day on a completely positive note. And as my listeners know, I've always said you can start the year you want anytime you want. So no matter when you're listening to this, this would be a great way to kick off that year. Michelle, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. I really do appreciate it. Where can people find you online uh, where you're spreading and broadcasting happiness, uh, both on, you know, on the online you know, portals that you have, as well as in social media? Well, the best thing to do is go to broadcastinghappiness.com and there you'll find all the information, including tons of resources and uh, and even that success scale that we talked about that tests for the three greatest predictors of long-term levels of happiness. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you. There you have it. Uh, I hope you're happy. I know I am. I hope you're happy, though. I had a great uh, time talking with Michelle. Thanks so much to her for joining me on the show. Of course, please pick up her book, check out her new special, and and take advantage of the offer to get the free video series and training. I think that there's a lot to be learned there, and and happiness is one of those things that we can never have too much of, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Thanks to John Polster for producing this week's episode of the show. And thanks to all of you for listening. I'd love to get some feedback on the show, whether it's through a rating or review in iTunes or a simple comment on the blog post over at the Productivityist blog, wherever you'd like to share that with me. That'll help me make the show better. And who knows, if you want to broadcast a little happiness about the show through a rating and review, that's also one way that you can do it. Uh, you can also actually uh, become a patron of the show if you want to broadcast happiness even more. And I, I love how I keep throwing that out there. But you can go to patreon.com slash productivityist and check out all the ways to support the show if you're willing to throw in a buck or two or more every single month. And you'll get a whole bunch of perks and stuff that are associated with it. So check that out over at Productivityist, uh, the Patreon page there, patreon.com slash productivityist. That's it for this week. Thanks to all of you for listening. I am your host, Mike Vardy founder of Productivityist, reminding you to stop guessing, start going. <laughs>